And when we're less dependent on others to fill that void, whatever they bring to the, to the table, to the space, to the relationship, to the connection, will add to your overflow, will add to your wholeness. It will be the cherry on top of the sundae. Welcome to Codependency Alchemy, the podcast where we explore the power of transformation and healing in codependent relationships. I'm your host, Alyssa, and I'm here to share my own personal journey with codependency and the valuable tools that I have learned along the way. Through sharing some of my own personal cringy moments, we'll dive deep into the patterns and behaviors that contribute to codependency. From setting boundaries to overcoming people-pleasing tendencies, we'll cover a range of topics related to codependency and offer actionable tips for creating healthy, fulfilling relationships. And that's not all. I'll be taking questions from our community, offering compassionate and insightful advice for those struggling with codependent patterns in their own lives. Whether you're dealing with codependency in a romantic relationship, with family members, or even in friendships, this podcast provides a brave and supportive space for exploring your challenges and finding practical solutions. Check out the show notes or description box below if you'd like to find ways to support the show and be featured in a future episode. So let's begin this journey of alchemizing codependency into sovereignty and discover the power of self-love, healing, and transformation in your relationships. Here is this week's episode. Hey guys, I am so excited and honored to begin to embark on this journey with you all. I thought it was only appropriate to begin this whole thing with how I define codependency and the ways that I've learned to identify, track, and begin to shift codependency, not only in my life and my relationships, but the analogies and tools that I give the people that I've worked with over the years as well. So in this episode, we are going to talk about three different ways that I have supported myself and others in navigating where codependency is showing up in their lives, as well as patterns and behaviors that may come up as a result of codependent patterns. The first one that we'll be getting into is what is codependency, right? For me, The way that I define codependency is when you place your worth, your good feelings about yourself on something or someone outside of you. So you can see this as how someone else sees me or views me dictates how I see me. And one of the first analogies that I throw into the mix with the people that I work with is this analogy of the Sunday. We get to remember that we are the whole fucking Sunday, okay? (laughs) And whatever other people bring to the table is the cherry on top. So what's happened with codependency is we have lost sight of the fact that we are the whole fucking Sunday. We believe that we need others validation we need others love we need others um, affirmations or confirmations that we're safe 
to feel the wholeness of who we are. We place our completion, our good feelings about ourselves, our self-worth on someone or something outside of us. So with this, remembering that we are already the whole Sunday, that we are already complete, that we are already whole, we reclaim our power. And in that reclaiming of our power, we become less dependent on others to fill a void. And when we're less dependent on others to fill that void, whatever they bring to the, to the table, to the space, to the relationship, to the connection, will add to your overflow, will add to your wholeness. It will be the cherry on top of the sundae. Because here's the thing, when we're in loving reciprocal relationships, we will receive validation. We will receive love. We will receive praise, acknowledgement, affirmations. Even in our work that we do, we will often receive these accolades. And it's not making those validations or those accolades wrong or bad. Those are going to happen. It's just that when they do, you're not dependent on them to make you feel good. You get to allow yourself to receive it. And in that receiving the cherry on top, you are in your overflow. And when we're in our overflow, when people pour into us, we're able to pour into them without attachment. We're able to allow that overflow to pour out into the world around us. We're able to act from a place of giving from genuine kindness rather than giving from people-pleasing. And when we're coming from codependency and are dependent on that validation on someone or something outside of us, when it comes in, we grasp onto it. We hold onto it. We need it because we fear it's not going to come again or we fear that it's going to run out. And the thing is, when it does come in, it, it comes in and it feels good for a moment, but it's fleeting. And the reason why it's fleeting and why we keep grasping to fill the void is because we cannot be filled with somebody else's essence. Our, our whole Sunday cannot be filled with someone else. It will melt away. It is our responsibility to fill ourselves with, with us, with our own love, with our own good feelings about ourselves. And only then will we be able to act from a place of overflow. Only then are we able to act from a place of genuine kindness without attachment, without agenda. So it's remembering that codependency is when you place your worth and your good feelings on someone or something outside of you. And we get to remember that we're the whole fucking Sunday already, babe. And what others bring to the table gets to be the cherry on top. And going into the second piece, when we have codependency patterns or tendencies, a lot of times we don't know what we need. We don't know what we desire. We don't know how to fill our own cup because we have spent so much time 
overriding ourselves, overriding what lights us up by focusing on others and trying to identify their wants and needs. So the second piece that I want to talk about is codependency and how it shows up as a way that we override ourselves. There's a general lack of personal responsibility that we don't take when we are focusing on others and how to fix or solve their problems or how to create more comfort for them. There's this, well, if you're okay, then I'm okay. That's the dependency. When somebody else's discomfort causes you discomfort. And because you don't want to be uncomfortable, you go to fix their discomfort so that you can feel better. And so what we get to do here is witness somebody in their discomfort, have a conversation with them to see if there's something that you have done to cause the discomfort. Hey, I'm noticing you seem annoyed. Is there something that I did? And if they say no, letting them be in their discomfort. And for me, this was so challenging because I have anxious attachment. So I would go straight into, they're annoyed. It must be my fault. They're annoyed. It must be something that I did. When he said no, I was like, mm, it is not telling the truth. This is my stuff. This is what I get to take personal responsibility for. I have my fear of abandonment and rejection flared up in his mood changing. And it's not his responsibility. It was my responsibility to come in and check in. And when he gives me his answer, even if it was dishonest, that's on him. And that's something he has to move through. And what I have to move through is my own discomfort. This is where my most favorite analogy of staying in your house comes in. And the question I invite my clients into when they have conflict with their partners or conflict with a coworker or a boss, whose house are you in? So if we each have a house, I have my own house, my partner has his own house, you know, my mom, my dad have their own houses, my friends each have their own houses. When I am in my partner's house, I'm not in my house. So say my partner is experiencing discomfort. It's like running over into his house and being like, oh my gosh, is everything okay in here? Let me tidy up for you. Let me clean things up. Let me liven up the place. Let me, you know, clean up, clean your laundry. I'm tending to his house. He didn't invite me into his house. He didn't invite me over. But I'm perceiving him to not have it all together. I'm perceiving him not able to do his own laundry and dust his own shelves. And so I'm going over into his house to clean it all up for him so that he's hopefully happier or more content, less grumpy. With people pleasing, we go into other people's houses and we try to peek through their blinds and it's like, hey, how are you perceiving me over in my house? And this is not in right relationship to other people and their energy. It's not in right relationship to us and our own energy. 
And this is where enmeshment happens. And so when I'm in my partner's house, tending and cleaning up his space, what ends up happening so many times is that when our partners either don't move through the discomfort or they be, become dependent on us coming over and doing the laundry and tidying up and making things okay for them, but they don't do that for us, we then become resentful. We then feel alone. And so it's remembering going and tending to other people's houses is, is a way that we are abandoning ourselves because we have left our house and gone into somebody else's house. When we are in somebody else's business, when we're in somebody else's stuff, we are the ones that are rejecting ourselves. We are the ones that are betraying ourselves. We are the ones that are neglecting ourselves. We get to trust in our partners, our parents, our friends, resilience to move through their own discomfort without taking it on as our own, without immediately going into fixing. And so as you play with this house analogy in your life, you get to ask yourself, when someone is upset or someone is experiencing discomfort and you're thinking about what they might be thinking or you're thinking about what they might be perceiving you as, ask yourself, whose house am I in? Is this my house? And if you're not in your house, can you call yourself back and say, how can I tend to my house right now? I'm feeling fear. Fear of what? Fear of abandonment? Fear of rejection? Then that is your cue. That is your indicator to stay in your house and hold that part of you. So many of the women that I've worked with, they, they've said, Alyssa, I just don't even feel comfortable in my house. I don't even like, I don't even know, I don't even know what it feels like to be in my house. It feels so foreign. And that's why so many of us experience resentment because we've spent our whole lives cleaning up and tidying other spaces while our own home is being totally abandoned. So wrapping up that second piece of codependency shows up in the ways that we override ourselves and the ways that we tend to other people's houses before our own. It leads us into the repercussions of tending to other people's homes before our own, which is resentment. This third piece that I want to talk about with you today. Resentment plagues the homes and the relationships where codependency lives. And this is due to people-pleasing, overgiving, self-sacrificing, dysfunctional boundaries, or obsessing over the other person in the relationship. When we pour our energy into other people. And when that pouring our energy is not coming from our overflow, but just coming from our well, it leads us to experiencing resentment. 
This is why filling our cup, this is why filling our vessel with our own love is so important because when we aren't acting from that place of overflow, we are giving our life force energy to others and when it isn't reciprocated, we have someone to blame. Oftentimes this sounds like I can't do X because of Y. I can't go to that thing because I have to make dinner for my partner. I can't do this thing because I don't have time. When we are acting from that place of I can't do X because of Y and we have someone to blame, we're not only perpetuating martyrdom, but we're creating more separation in our relationships. And the reason why we're unable to give from our overflow is because we believe that the energy that we have has to be poured into someone else in order to receive love, in order to receive belonging, in order to feel safe. And this is what healing codependency gets to rewrite for us. And so I oftentimes encourage my clients to, and myself, to identify where resentment is showing up in your life, in your work, in your relationship. Because resentment is your key indicator that you have done too much, and it is your key indicator for where you get to explore boundaries. And it's important to remember that boundaries are not burning bridges with people. Boundaries are not to keep other people out. They're to keep you in. So it's important to remember that resentment isn't helping anyone. It's not helping you and it's not helping your relationships with others. It's creating more separation because if you have someone to blame, then you're at odds. There's an overwhelming feeling of not feeling seen. And healing codependency is not needing somebody else to see you. It's you needing to see you. So if we can begin to identify where we're experiencing resentment, what boundaries get to be put in place, Inviting ourselves to stay in our house when a loved one is in their own discomfort. Because let me tell you, when you place boundaries, especially with someone who hasn't had to experience boundaries from you, there will be pushback, which is their stuff. You get to hold compassionate space for them. And tend to your house in that moment. Because your worth, your lovableness, your belonging is not dependent on someone or something outside of you. It is dependent on you. So in this episode, I hope you're able to see these different ways that codependency may be showing up in your life and in your relationships and your work. I hope that you're able to use the analogies of the Sunday and the house 
as ways to support you in holding space for yourself when those moments come up. And that's what I have for you for this week's episode. I hope that it was supportive and I'm wishing you all the best. Please share your greatest takeaways, your aha moments with me, whether that's a DM or in the comments here. I love hearing from you. I try to respond to as many, if not all. They're all coming from me, so please don't hesitate to reach out. I love that I get to do this work with all of you, so thank you for showing up. Thank you for being here and wishing you all the best. Please spend this week. Your invitation is tending to your house. Tidy it up. See what your needs are. See what your desires are. And just bring some life and love into your space. I love you all so much. And I hope you have a beautiful week. Until next time. Thank you for joining me on Codependency Alchemy. I hope this podcast continues to offer you valuable insights and tools for breaking free from destructive patterns and creating healthy, fulfilling connections with others. Remember, healing from codependency is a journey, and it's important to be patient and compassionate with yourself along the way. Whether you're just starting out on your path or you've been working on your codependency for a while, know that you're not alone and that it's possible to create meaningful change in your life and in your relationships. If you have any questions or feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And if you found this podcast helpful, be sure to subscribe and leave a review so that others can discover these valuable insights and tools as well. Check out the show notes or description box below to find ways to support the show and be featured in a future episode. Thanks again for tuning in. And remember, you are worthy of healthy, fulfilling relationships. And you have the power to transform your codependency into sovereignty. Until next time, be well and I love you so much.